0: In Southeast AgNets Ag and Review, for the week ending August 29th, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the start of a new risk management program this week. It's for dairy farmers, known as the Dairy Margin Protection Program.
1: Sign up for that program will begin on September the 2nd, and producers will have from September 2nd to November 28th uh, to sign up uh, for uh, 2014 and 2015. Uh, We will be providing assistance and help to producers to understand uh, whether or not this program uh, is in their best interest uh with a web-based tool uh that go will go online uh, it's cloud-based so uh most uh, smartphones tablets uh, computers uh, and alike will uh, devices will be able to provide access uh to this web-based tool this web-based tool will give producers the ability to uh take a look at their operation in the context of these pr- uh, protection program uh, and and make sure that it uh, it makes sense for them to get involved
0: now the margin protection program which replaces the milk income loss contract program gives participating dairy producers the flexibility to select coverage levels best for their operation and billsek says the program will be individualized to each state
1: we will also be working with uh, our state extension uh, service uh, in each state in our FSA offices uh, to conduct uh, a uh, State by state outreach program, which will be individualized to each state, because dairy in each state is uh, slightly different. Uh, FSA employees at the county offices will also be and have also begun being trained on the use of the web-based tool. This web-based tool can be found uh, on the USDA website uh, at either one of the following locations at USDA.gov.gov slash farmbill, one word, USDA.gov Farm Bill, or at USDA.gov slash M as in mom, P as in pirate, P as in pirate tool, M-P-P tool, T-O-O-L.
0: Also this week, we talked again about the recent study which showed that each dollar invested in the beef checkoff program returned about $11.20 to the beef industry.
2: You know, I've always had the belief that the checkoff was valued to the industry, but this gave me data to prove
0: it. That's vice chair of the Cattlemen's Beat Board, Jimmy Maxey from Fresno, California, who was pleased when he heard Dr. Harry Kaiser of Cornell University share his findings through this study.
2: Dr. Kaiser came up with a study that showed that, you know, we return $11.20 for each dollar that's invested in programs. So it means that our investment in the checkoff as an operation is a good investment, that it returns, you know, better than most anything else that you can invest in nowadays.
0: And Maxie says all of the checkoff programs work hand-in-hand to produce this kind of return for investors.
2: They do, and the thing about this is it showed that all of our different programs, there's synergies between each program that works with another program that gives us the ability to build up to that type of return on our investment.
0: I asked Maxie if he ran across a producer who was still a bit hesitant about the beef checkoff what he would say to him.
2: Well, I would, you know, I would show them the numbers, I would show them the study, and um, some people maybe aren't going to believe it, but, I mean, this is a researcher and professor of applied economics at Cornell University, and when I looked at his work, it made a lot of sense to me, and $11.20 per dollar invested in programs made more sense to me.
0: To see the full results of this study and to learn more about your checkoff, go to mybeefcheckoff.com. Well, we heard again from Tyron Spearman this week about how dry the peanut crop is in many areas across the southeast.
3: National Act Statistics Service reports this week that the peanut crop is rated 1% very poor, 7% poor, 28 fair, 53 good, and 11% excellent. They said peanuts in Georgia need water and look worse than this past week. They said the temperatures of 100 degrees and spotty rains have some areas with severe dryland crop stress. The conditions of the crop was one percent very poor in Georgia, eight percent poor, thirty fair, forty nine good, and twelve percent excellent. But soil moisture has really dropped down: eight percent very short, fifty percent short, thirty five adequate, and only five percent surplus. Alabama is showing their crop now: eleven percent very short on soil moisture, forty three short, forty four adequate, only two percent surplus. They said the crop in Alabama is twelve percent poor, forty four fair. 36 good and 8% excellent. Very, very, very dry, they said. In need of rain badly, very scattered pop-up showers have been reported. Crop conditions a little good in spite of the weather. In Florida, the armyworm seems to have slowed down a little bit, but they had an earlier problem with an infestation of armyworms. There's also an infestation in Georgia of the lesser cornstalk borer, especially on dryland peanuts. The report said that conditions in Florida was 1% very poor, 4% poor, 18 fair, 68 good, and 9% excellent. But overall, the crop needing a rain, other parts of the United States uh, looking a little bit better, but 80% of the crop is grown in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and South Carolina. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast AgNet.
0: In another story, if you bought propane last winter, you might remember the sky-high prices. And with fall just around the corner, there are some wondering if we might be headed for that same thing again this winter. With more on that, here's Gary Crawford.
4: In an interview here just a few days ago, Mason Hamilton, a petroleum analyst for the U.S. Energy Information Administration, reviewed what caused the problems this past winter.
5: Last year we had a confluence of events. We had a very large corn harvest, and it was wet. And there was a lot of propane used to to dry the crop, and that happened just prior to the beginning of a very cold winter. So the local inventories in the Midwest were very low, and there was an urgent need to get supplies into the Midwest as the winter continued to become very, very cold. We also had pipeline maintenance uh, at that time that supplied the particular area of the Midwest that was most affected. Uh, And that's why we saw the large price spikes of last January.
4: We do have one of those factors, at least, probably repeating itself, a huge grain harvest in the making. And it's been rather wet in many areas, so demand for propane to dry that grain is likely to be high again. So what about Midwest supplies of propane this year?
5: Our current inventory level of 23.4 million barrels is higher than last year, but it's still 1.6 million barrels normal.
4: oh Mason Hamilton says, yes, propane supplies are still below normal. However, that could change fairly soon.
5: In each of the past six weeks, the building of inventories has outpaced their five-year average. So that means that they're building inventories faster than normal for this time of year.
4: Meanwhile, as a farmer, what can you expect then to pay for propane this time around? It's all up to the weather. Hamilton says a colder than normal winter could boost propane demand and propane prices quite a bit. Now, right now, wholesale prices are just a little over a dollar a gallon. Last January, you know, propane hit $4.49 a gallon. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington.
0: Thanks, Gary. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Greiner had a commentary concerning feeding the people.
6: How to feed 9 billion people. That's a question that very few people are concerned about. Most of our worries don't go beyond our own family. Now, to be honest, our scientists say feeding 9 billion people is going to be very difficult. The scary part of the story is that's only 36 years from now. Now we're talking about our children and grandchildren. If that bothers you, here's the rest of the story. The growing population will be fed with new farming technology. We won't grow food like we do today. But you think about this. If we still farmed the way we did back in the 1930s, half of today's population wouldn't have enough to eat. And reaching 9 billion people will only assure a bright future for agriculture. The problem will be how many people will be able to afford it. That's Review for today. Everett Greiner, Southeast AgNet. You
0: can hear those and even more reports from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agna.